in my opinion, it's the least division to lose, which means they will lose it. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> It's the H-Dog Pod with your host, Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Hey, welcome to episode 49, the Brayden Holtby edition of the podcast. After parts of 10 seasons with the Washington Capitals, including a Stanley Cup title in 2018, he signed with the Vancouver Canucks in the offseason and says he'll wear the number 49. Very random number for any player, let alone a goaltender. Why did he pick it? It's because it's a combination of his and his wife's favorite numbers, 4 and 9, so he picked 49. Cool story, bro. But what actually is a cool story was his inability to cross the border from the States to Canada for a few days. The reason being because he had two tortoises, honey and maple, that they had to clear before entering the country because of potential diseases. Yes, you heard that right. Holtby couldn't enter Canada because of his tortoises. 2020, man. Talk about the year from Shell, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to plug my new YouTube podcast once again with Adam Scully called The Bros Ceremony. You can find it on YouTube, but make sure to put an apostrophe on bros so you don't get those other imposters who are on there doing a podcast. We discussed all things Bachelor Nation, and we had a very special guest on Episode 3, Canadian Blake Moynes, who was just on the last season with Claire and Tasha, and he's most notably known for making a penis out of clay. He was hilarious and so generous with his time, so if you like the show, or even if you hate it, Find us on YouTube at Burroughs Ceremony. My next guest most definitely hates the entire Bachelor show franchise, so I highly doubt we'll delve into it. So without further ado, let's get cracking. Okay, now welcome on a very special guest. He's a great friend of mine, Mark Reeser. He's a massive sports fan who loves hockey, football, baseball, and he knows everything about everything. Excited to have him on the pod. Welcome to the H-Dog Pod, Mark. Hey, thanks for having me. Nah, I'm, uh, I'm stoked to have you on. Uh, well, let's start with uh, some exciting news for you. You recently bought a house with your wife, Amanda. Talk about how freaking annoying moving is. Uh, it's pretty awful. Um, <laughs> we said at this time that we were going to hire movers. Uh, we didn't. Uh, so, uh, I mean, all in all, this was probably one of the smoothest moves we've done, even considering that we were moving from Toronto to Hamilton. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it sucked. But at the end of the day, you got to do it. And uh, unpacking is probably the worst part of it, in my opinion. Unpacking is not so bad because you can take your time, but packing, you have a deadline. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm happy that we're all done with that. And hopefully we're not moving for a while now. Yeah. Well, how much uh, junk did you get rid of? I know when I moved uh, to my place, it was uh, probably like 25, 30 bags of garbage. And just in my closet, I was like, how the hell did I have that much stuff? It, was, it just blew my mind. Well, I, I think we kind of benefited from the fact that uh, two people living in a 650-square-foot apartment, one bedroom, for the past almost four years, we were got really good at not hoarding stuff. Uh, so we actually weren't too bad. We've had a few garbage bags full of stuff that we just chucked. But, uh, yeah, I actually – we I was pretty impressed uh, with how, how little, like, crap that we had. Yeah, like I said, it's uh... – Unfortunately, when I moved, I was like, oh, my God, uh, it's so much stuff. I, I also want to uh, discuss a tweet that you had the other day, which I thought was really funny. Uh, you said, if you're ever thinking of doing a quirky textured wall, let me know so I can come over there and kick you in the nuts on behalf of the person who has to paint over it. Uh, annoying uh, painting uh, going on, I assume? <laughs> yeah, so there's actually uh, two walls in the house that we bought. The guy that lived here before was a... Uh, 
considered himself something of an artist and a DIYer. But I saw some of his art. His art wasn't bad, but all of the stuff he did around the house was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> he was terrible at painting. Um, every single fixture, doorknob, baseboard, everything had paint on it. Uh, like he had never learned a painter's tape. And he had done these two like textured walls, one in the living room and one in the bathroom. We actually just painted over the one in the bathroom, but it took uh, quite a while with me with a sander to make sure that it was actually smooth enough so the wall didn't look all rippled when I actually painted over it. And uh, yeah, uh, if you're thinking of doing it and you're going to be selling your house soon, don't. <laughs> that sounds about right. Or you could do uh, the strategy. I moved into my place uh, like four and a half years ago and I basically uh, not touched it uh, at all, which is... Uh, so, so nice. I couldn't live with these walls. They're they're way too ugly. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, let's talk about uh, something we both love. Uh, let's talk about some ice hockey. Uh, yeah, your favorite ice hockey. <laughs> oh, I said that uh, hoping to troll you, just because. Uh, oh, <laughs> Whenever you hear that, uh, does that does it not just drive you absolutely up the wall every time? Yeah, it depends on the context too. Like if I'm if I'm like watching like. European game or something like that and they they refer to it as a ice hockey I'm less uh, less inclined to be mad about it because it's like well, yeah I mean field hockey is a decently like not huge sport over there but at least it's more in like the common lexicon Ooh, whereas work, in North America work. in North America hockey is ice hockey is hockey like <laughs> yes there's field hockey here but you say field hockey you don't no one's calling that hockey Oh, yeah, uh, drives me nuts. What, what, uh, what's worse, saying ice hockey or saying the score like three five? Uh, I think in North American sport, it's definitely the score. Uh, oh, man, it's, it's definitely the score. I, I understand it in other sports, and like I know, like soccer, that's a big thing to do. You that makes always sense. Put, yeah. I think you put the home team first, um, and that's just the way that they've d- done it. But like North American sports, the big four, we always you always say the winning score first. It's, it blows my mind how many people, uh, even people I work with, who are like, oh, man, the Leafs are losing 4-6. I remember once I ranted to a buddy about this exact thing. Uh, they were playing the Penguins a couple years ago. Uh, who was that? The, the Maple Leaf goalie who had his first start, and he got lit up. Uh, he, uh, I don't even think he re-signed with them. Uh, oh, I can't remember his name. Anyway, uh, yeah, the Leafs were losing like you know 4 nothing or something like that really, really quickly. And uh, I, I'm like, oh my god! Anyone who says 04 is just absolutely crazy or stupid. And then a guy walks into the room, and it, just as that happened, he goes, "Oh man, the Leafs are losing 04." Oh my god! <laughs> I just, I oh my god! It just it drives me. I'd insane. rather someone say four nil than say 04. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, speaking of uh, hockey, though, the NHL, uh, the uh, as we're recording this on a Friday. It's uh, they still haven't finalized everything. Uh, what's the deal? Why is it taking so long for the NHL to actually get going here? Breaking news! Breaking news! Yeah, the NHL signed that deal. So, I mean, the, the biggest issue right now, I feel like, is uh, Canada. That's going to be like this. They seem to have at least reached a bit of a understanding as it comes to when the the owners came back to the players and they're like, "Hey, this thing that we agreed to, we don't really like it anymore on our end." Uh, and the players basically told them to go kick rocks. Uh, I mean, I think the biggest issue they're dealing with now is Canada because you have to now get all of these provincial health boards on board. 
um, to come up with uh, a solution to if we're allowed to have teams travel across provincial borders and stuff like that. Case numbers are going up. I know the vaccine's on the horizon, but that's a long ways out. Um, and yeah, I think I think that's their biggest issue right now is where are these Canadian teams going to play? Because the states really right now, they don't really care. Like any state pretty much will allow teams to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and if Canadian teams need a place to find a place, I'm sure there's a ton of AHL arenas and stuff that'll host them. Um, or they could share with another NHL team. I don't know. I don't know what route they'll take, but I, I think that that's going to be the biggest hang up right now is what is going to happen with these Canadian teams. It's just so interesting to me because it seemed like basketball got their league uh, settled in like five minutes. It felt like, and the NHL still has always, uh, you know, uh, to tease to what was I, I was gonna say tease the dot, but no, it's uh, eyes the dot and tease the cross. Uh, it's just like, okay, come on, like hopefully by the middle of January we get some hockey here going because uh, yeah, it's definitely weird. Uh, it's in, into December now, no hockey. It's uh, it's kind of frustrating. I think the one thing that basketball has going board over hockey is their TV deals are a lot more lucrative, so they're still gonna make a ton of money off of um, not being playing in front of fans. Uh, and both the players and the owners have like stand to lose a lot by not playing. Whereas in the NHL, uh, like if the there a lot of teams are gate driven still, like they're they still make a lot of money off their gate. So you know it's it's less of I'm sure there were some owners that would have been happy to punt the season, um, as it were. And at the end of the day, with the with the way that escrow works, the players are going to end up probably having to pay back a ton of money on their salaries because the like the 50-50 split is not going to be based is not based upon um, like the revenues that they were hoping for this year. It's going to be based upon the revenues that they end up getting this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you use the word escrow. Whenever I hear uh, uh, NHL analysts uh, and insiders use the word escrow, I immediately. I start snoozing. I'm just like, oh god, no, no. I just let's just not talk about hockey. So hopefully, it happens soon. I, I, I totally agree. I uh, that was one of those subjects that honestly, up until up until this happened, I, I really didn't pay a ton of attention to because it was kind of like, yeah, it's always you know, obviously the players would like it less, but it's just a balancing act type thing. But then it really like when COVID hit and all of the revenue dried up, it was like, okay, this has suddenly become the real big like hot button issue mm-hmm, mm. like as much as a deal of it was made of in the past that is just like it has increased tenfold at this point no doubt about it uh, by the way that leaf goalie i was referring to was casimir cascasuo i couldn't remember his name there for a sec ah uh, yeah yes he got lit up in pittsburgh i think it was a saturday night and i think if memory serves me right that's his only ever nhl game which kind of <laughs> which poor guy but uh, what are your thoughts on the, if it actually does happen in all Canadian division uh, for the NHL? I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, I wouldn't want to see it be a permanent thing, obviously. Uh, I don't think the NHL would either for a myriad of reasons. Uh, but uh, I love it. As a novelty, it's amazing. It's a lot of fun. Uh, in my opinion, it's the least division to lose, which means they will lose it. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably right, yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think... I think it's and if they do end up doing a divisional format where four teams make it, um, that fourth spot's going to be a hell of a fight. Uh, I I would like put probably like Calgary, 
Montreal and Winnipeg are probably the ones who are going to be fighting for that spot because I, I would think that Vancouver, Edmonton, and Toronto will round out that top three. But that 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 fourth spot, that's a that's a hell of a dogfight. And you'd think Edmonton certainly would, but again, oftentimes, uh, well, many times, as as we know, it's uh, they've disappointed as well. So it's uh, you know, and, and I'm I'm not one to uh, put any faith in that team whatsoever. They're relying on two players to carry that entire team. Um, Goaltending is still a huge issue. Defense is still a huge issue. Scoring depth is still a huge issue. Like, so, I mean, if, if McDavid and Dreisaitl have seasons like they did last year, absolutely slot them in that third, that top three. If they don't, they could easily be the worst team in that division, maybe only above Ottawa. Like, yeah, yeah, I know it's uh, it's pretty crazy how, like, you know, uh, normally, of course, teams and fans want to tank, but they, yeah, they had what is it, four first round picks, sorry, four first overall picks, and yeah. uh, still have yet to be able to, I think, advance past the second round, uh, when they lost to the Ducks a few years, a few years ago, there. Uh, World Juniors yeah. are coming up here, uh, as well. Uh, I feel, I feel it's a tournament I used to love a lot as a kid. And uh, as the years go on, I, I'm I'm not saying I don't say I, I hate it or anything like that, but I'm not as uh, invested into it as I used to be back in the day. Uh, are you excited for it? And talk about I think if I'm not mistaken, your Colorado Avalanche have the most uh, prospects playing uh, in Canada. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, and three on Canada alone: Alex Newhook, Bowen Byram, and uh, Justin Barron. Uh, they're gonna. I'm I'm really excited. This is one of the first ones. I'm very much like you just said. Um, was this was a tournament I I used to you know set set my alarms for to watch the early games when they're over in Europe and stuff like that. And over the past few years, I've kind of I feel like when you reach a certain age, you really start leaning into the fact that these are just kids, and we put an enormous amount of pressure on them as a nation to succeed in a tournament. That really, outside of our or hockey fans in other countries, we're the only country that cares this much about this tournament mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and yeah i i mean i i'm excited this year just because of the colorado prospects so i think it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch uh also i'm starved for hockey at the moment uh I, as i'm sure most people are so i think that's gonna put, lead to more interest than there has been in past years uh yeah i think it's gonna be a good year uh a lot, lot of a lot of great players in it with, with a lot of NHL teams letting guys go to camps. Uh, like Kirby Dock on Canada is going to be really fun to watch. Um, same with uh, Cole Caulfield playing for the U.S. Um, I think Perfetti's also playing for Team Canada. That'll be fun to watch. Like it's just there's a lot there's a lot to look forward to in this tournament. Canada's got a pretty easy to, easy group. Uh, only real challenge in that group might be Finland. Uh, so I think. They are a, probably a pretty good lock to get to the medal rounds, at least. But you never know. These are kids that haven't skated since last March, some of them. So, uh, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. I think it's going to be a really weird tournament. No fans is going to be very strange. World Juniors is pretty famous for its atmospheres. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, but we'll see what happens. It's funny. I was on a, last uh, week, I was on this kid... Uh really, really talented. Uh, I think he's uh, 13, 14 years old on his podcast, the, the Blue Line Report. And he, we were talking about hockey and uh, the NHL. And I'm like, yeah, no problem there. I'm, you know, we were talking about the, Ma- uh, the Maple Leafs the whole time. And then he starts talking about the World Juniors. He's like, oh, yeah, so what do you think of the World Juniors and this player and that player? It reminded me of me back in the day. 
but I'm in my head, I'm like, oh my god, like I work at TSN here, I, I probably should know like all these, you know, <laughs> four third and fourth line uh, depth wingers that he's talking about. I'm just like, holy crap, how can I uh, find a way to uh, basically uh, uh, bullcrap my way through that interview? But uh, it, it was fun. But I was just like, man, I, I honestly don't know what. Like you said, maybe it's as we get older, it's just like, oh yeah, they are kids. But somewhere along the way, it uh, hasn't. Uh, draw me as much as it used to. It used to be like the gr- the greatest thing ever to wake up, uh, you know, Boxing Day or whatever, and then watch that uh, that tournament. But yeah, you also just... realize that we get into a cycle and as a country where we really care about this tournament unless we lose, right. and then as soon as we lose, it turns into ah, oh, they're just kids. <laughs> well, it's also in the states. I, mean, I would say the states are like we don't care at all. Like they don't care at all uh, up until the states end up winning. That's probably just like, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, sweet, we oh, love yeah, it. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> no, it's funny. Uh, but yeah, the tournament uh, starts and uh, we'll be starting here, and uh, definitely we are a start for hockey. So I'm sure uh, there'll be some pretty good games there. Uh, unfortunately, to a league that hasn't played games at all this year, you're a huge CFL fan, Hamilton Tiger Cats guy. Uh, how much have you missed the CFL? Oh, uh, it's been awful. Uh, honestly, it's. Uh, not going to any games this year, uh, not seeing any games. Like it's been, it's been terrible. And, you know, Ticats, the last Ticat game was, uh, absolute heartbreaker, uh, in the great cup. Uh, so, you know, we were hoping they could build off that and come back from basically being one of the greatest Ticat teams of all time. And then with T with a lot of players that are getting up there in age, and then you'll lose a season. Uh, it's pretty devastating. Uh, I know my my dad. Uh, he's he's taken it pretty hard. He was telling me back in the summer. He was like, I he's like I don't care. He's like that hockey's back on. I'll watch it a bit. But he's like I just I really miss football. He's like I really miss Canadian football. My that was kind of the thing. My family would Friday night doubleheader. We'd watch both games. You know, you barely barely missed a game of the entire league because there's so few games to be played each week. It's so nice to. You know, be able to catch five football games, four football games a week, and you know, uh, really missed it. Yeah, it's uh, it'd be the same thing for me. Uh, I, I like the CFL, but NFL is my favorite, of course. With the Seahawks, and if they didn't play this year, that oh my god, I would have would have had the exact same feeling. Just that's like the one team. It's like you can't take that away from me. So for mm-hmm. you, for you, Absolutely. that's the Tie Cats, obviously. So uh, oh my god, thank uh, thank God the NFL uh, somehow keeps powering through and and, and is playing, but. And uh, obviously, yeah, you're also a Bills yeah. guy too, right? So uh, yeah. you must be pissed that the I Bills mean, are a really good team, and now you can't go to the games. Yeah, my my dad and I also keep talking about that. I feel like every time I talk to him, we, we're we're talking about the Bills, and you know, uh, growing up just across the river, it was uh, always about the Bills. And I was a baby in the nine in the nineties during the heydays. My my dad still talks so uh, affectionately about those days, and you know. Uh, it's a real shame because for as much shoot as Buffalo fans get, you will never find a more diehard yeah. fan base than that. Like they yeah. are, they are live and die by that team. And it's been for the past 25 years, it's been die, die, die. So <laughs> like to actually have a year with expectations where you're going to win a, when you're probably going to win a division and it's just like, Oh, it's, it's crushing. It really is it's, to not have fans there. And I'm sure the players must hate it, too. I actually saw um, Josh Allen said something that they mentioned on the broadcast of the game last weekend. 
and he was saying that he he, he was pretty upset about how he, he remembered last year going into the playoffs, the buzz in the city. Like he's like, you'd go out to dinner and everything like that. And it's the buzz that was there in that city. That city has, you know, been through some really tough times, but they're, they're good people and, you know, they love their sports. And he said, it's not the same now. He's like, you go and do your grocery shopping and stuff like that. And it's just like, you know, people will come up and be like, Hey, like really excited. Things are going well. He's like, but that buzz just isn't there because you're not out as much. He's like, you can go do your weekly grocery trip and that's it. Would you have uh, or have you uh, been part of Bill's Mafia and smashing uh, yourself on uh, tables and stuff like that? I have not participated in that personally. Uh, I don't I think I'm now uh, officially too old to do stuff like that, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) which is probably a blessing. Um, I mean, God bless them. Uh, They 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 love to have their fun. Uh, I just, you know. I just am always happy when I see them get up after the fact and walk away. Man, it worries me because it's like these, obviously these these people they want to get on camera, they want to be seen, all this stuff, fifteen minutes of fame, and it's like so, someone's gonna die doing this. Like it's not cool. Like we're enabling these people, right? It's absolutely. Uh, oh my god, absolutely. The videos are funny, but it's just like oh no, no, no. Hopefully here coming up in a few months, uh, baseball will be, will be back. Uh, the season might be pushed back a little bit for the Blue Jays. But mm-hmm. uh, how excited are you for them? And uh, do we think we're gonna, they're going to make any more moves here? It seemed like very, very quiet the last uh, few months for not only them, but for most of baseball. Well, I'm really – I feel like the thing I'm looking forward to because the free agent – the hot stove is cold right now. Free agent front, I don't see any big movements happening until after the new year just, just because, like, there's just been nothing out there. Um, there's been some very positive signs. I mean, Scott Boris the other day started talking about how he likes what the Blue Jays are doing, which, you know, Scott Boris likes when teams spend money. So Mm -hmm. that must mean that there's some contracts being floated out there to free agents that make Scott Boris happy. And you know what? I'm all about spending money because Rogers is one of the richest owners in the league. I understand that they operate the Blue Jays outside of the Rogers umbrella. So they try to act like it's, they still have to answer to shareholders and stuff like that. But come on, like that you're rich, you're filthy rich. You can spend the money with the Yankees if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they say that they're, that they're trying to round the corner here. And I really hope that they are. Uh, the thing I'm really looking forward to is, um, the posting dates coming up in January for, um, the KBO and Japanese league, uh, because there's a couple on the Jays radar right now, um, that, are really interesting and you know um they're in a position right now that they're a team that's up and coming that probably could add some international flair like that and that would be great if you do that along with signing one or two big names like this could be a really fun season you're still going to be really in it tough against the yankees who are spending right now but i mean i think i think it'll be good i'm looking forward to it I, i was a little bit I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to the Jays this past season. I feel like COVID kind of wore me out to the point where I couldn't pay too much attention to to, to sports. Um, but I'm I'm looking forward to this season because I think that they're going to do some interesting things. Yeah, they're, they're definitely the narrative uh, has changed about uh, the front office, and especially with them signing uh, Ryu, it was like, oh, wait a minute, they're actually going to spend some money here. So then, of course, it makes you think they're going to spend money for other guys. So hopefully they, mm-hmm. that does happen. Uh, I, just, I just sort of was reminded of uh, a couple of baseball games we went to. Of course, fans, even when they do have baseball back in Toronto, won't be playing uh, there. 
a couple of games we went to years ago. Uh, talk about uh, one, the Jojo Reyes game, and uh, two, uh, the game that Brandon Morrow almost had his no hitter. Oh, the Jojo Reyes game. What was he on? Like twenty eight starts or something like that without a win. <laughs> some, maybe more. <laughs> some, maybe more. It was something ridiculous. I just, I just remember going to that game. I think it was an, I think it was a night game. Um, I want to say it was against the Tribe, against Cleveland, and I just remember that it was, you know, the old pay, pay your fourteen bucks, go sit in the five hundreds and. We were like really hoping we'd see it, and I'm pretty sure uh, we, me, you, and uh, our buddy Eric uh, started a JoJo chant at the end of the game when he finally notched that win. Man, what a moment in life to to be there for JoJo Reyes is uh, finally winning that game. I'll Google that uh, <laughs> the amount of games here in a second. Here, I also went to. I don't know. I'm not sure if you were there. It was a Friday night uh, Kawasaki against Baltimore years ago, and he hit his one and only home run, and the place erupted like they won the World Series. Kawasaki hits it high and deep to right. Marquez at the trap. Home run, Kawasaki! Number one! Well, listen to this crowd. First big league home run, and why not take a curtain call? Yeah, I was not actually at that game, though I do remember that game quite fondly. Oh, man. Let me Google Jojo Reyes here. Uh, yeah, he was uh, unbelievable. Yeah, the Brandon Morrow game, though, the game before I was at, JP and Sebia. His debut, mm-hmm. it looked like he was going straight to the Hall of Fame with those two home runs and a double. Next game, yep. Brandon Morrow, so close to a no-hitter, but somebody ruined it. Yeah, I remember that game, you and I, probably around like the sixth or seventh inning, just looking back and forth at each other. Just being like, uh, like, we both see it, we both see the scoreboard, we see the line. And then you and I, we went out to get beer, and we were there with, I believe James was there, our buddy James, and my sister Laura, and we're standing in line for beer. And Laura suddenly said, looks up from her phone, and goes, "Hey, do you guys know it's a no hitter right now?" I believe this was in the the, the middle of the seventh. I want to say it was something or somewhere around there. I, I, I remember it being like the fifth inning actually, but uh, oh, really? it sounds better if, if you push it to the seventh. Uh, inning, I, yeah. I mean, maybe I don't know, <laughs> but I, I just remember hearing that, and then. Last down to the last out, Evan Longoria hits a screamer off of Aaron Hill's glove, and they don't score it an error, which it probably shouldn't have been. It was a hard hit ball, but oh, just just devastating. That was that was the best pitching performance I've ever witnessed. Yeah, in and, person. Uh, and we still bug your sister Laura about that to this day because she was the oh, one who ruined absolutely. that. Absolutely, she ruined it. <laughs> I just googled it. Apparently, it's twenty eight consecutive uh, winless starts for JoJo Reyes. Which yeah, is, there we go. Wow, that is absolutely a wretched. Oh my goodness, I can't believe that. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, hopefully at some point. I love going to Blue Jays games. To me, of all sporting events, that's the one I like to do to go to, to go to the most because they're just fun. It's a cheap ticket usually, and uh, they're entertaining games, especially when they were good a few years ago. I think I have to agree with you on that one. I mean, I I love going to a hockey game. I love going to football games. Um, all of like junior hockey games, especially like tons of fun. Something about baseball that's just like so relaxing. I, I you get sure you can get stressed in like the later innings and stuff like that, but I feel like with football and with hockey, if I have a dog in the fight, I'm on the edge of my seat the entire game. Yep. Whereas baseball, you know, you can take a few innings off. Now I asked your mom before we did this podcast. I said, "Could I ask Mark something that would be embarrassing or sort of funny to get him, uh, you know, uh, not flustered, but sort of uh, say something funny?" And she said. 
uh, at a skating carnival years ago, you recited, and I actually, when she wrote it down, I'm like, I, I couldn't even remember what she was talking about, but then I uh, YouTubed it and it was, it all came back. This amazing commercial. You recited, uh, my name is Joe and I am Canadian. So the question yeah, is, are you that. able to do it now, do you think? Oh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I would, if I, if I thought I could, I would do it, but I really don't think I could. It's uh, it's funny because it was a commercial for I, I get, must have been Molson Canadian and the guy was just yep. talking about how you know my, it's pronounced Z not Z and he just goes on this huge rant about how all these Canadian things you know how beavers are amazing uh, you know uh, animals and all this stuff. It's funny how like certain commercials. I remember one from uh, Labatt when I was like a kid. It was when the guy got the tattoo on his back or whatever. Uh, I remember that commercial yeah. as well. And it's like. Yeah. I, I'm not sure why these commercials stick, but that, yeah, my, uh, my name is Joe and I am Canadian. It was just an incredible, incredible commercial. And uh, I, I would love to see really that. They had a really good run there. Yeah. They had a really good run there, Molson Canadian, where they had the real, like, really leaned into the, like, jingoism, like, Canadian stuff, where they had, you know, the guy making fun of the American, making fun of the Canadian at the bar, making fun of doing a Canadian accent, and he ends up jerseying him with his dress shirt and beating him up. And, like, there was a lot of that. Yeah, no, they even had like an they even had like an anthem written for that "I Am Canadian" campaign. Hey, I'm uh, I'm not a lumberjack or a fur trader, and I don't live in an igloo or eat blubber or own a dog sled, and I don't know Jimmy, Sally, or Susie from Canada. Although I'm certain they're really really nice. I have a prime minister, not a president. I speak English and French, not American, and I pronounce it about not a boot. I can proudly sew my country's flag on my backpack. I believe in peacekeeping, not policing. Diversity, not assimilation. And that the beaver is a truly proud and noble animal. The toque is a hat. The Chesterfield is a coach. And it is pronounced Zed. Not Z. Zed. Canada is the second largest land mass, the first nation of hockey, and the best part of North America. My name is Joe. Yeah, I must have been many, many years ago now that, that uh, they had that. Probably, what, 15, 20 years ago? I'm not even sure. But I would have said love been like the late 90s. Yeah, wow, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so yeah, I guess 20 years ago. But late 90s just feels like like it was just yesterday. And it's like, nope, oh, that, yeah. that was uh, over. obviously over 20 years ago. It's pretty crazy. So yeah, at this time of year, uh, normally you'd be having an uh, ugly sweater party at your house, which is a classic event to go to. Uh, I'm assuming that's obviously not happening this year with COVID and everything. Uh, what are your favorite memories of those sweet, ugly uh, sweater parties? And what's also your yeah. favorite ugly sweater that you, that you own? Yeah, so uh, we started that. This would have been, I believe, the 11th year, maybe the 12th. I can't remember. My I'm, One of my sisters or my mom would correct me on that. But I started it as a, a tacky Christmas party that we did. This is before like ugly sweaters were like a thing, and we went out and bought ugly sweaters to wear at it. And then it kind of when ugly sweaters turned onto a thing, turned into a thing. That's when we kind of turned into an ugly sweater party. Um, I don't know about individual memories. Those are just you know those nights are the best because especially because we started it when I, all my friends started going away to school. So it was kind of everyone's come comes back from from university for the break, and everyone gets together, and we just you know get up to shenanigans out in my parents shop and yeah it was uh times of good times i'm actually i actually uh threw on my favorite christmas sweater before this uh because i gotta hop on a work call after this and then and it's for a christmas uh 
get together with my coworkers. Nice. Um, but uh, it's uh, I'll send you a picture of it. It's it's uh, a it's a Christmas sweater, like a knit Christmas sweater, but there also is a an embroidered patch on the chest that's a dinosaur wearing a Christmas sweater. Uh, it's a raptor wearing a Christmas sweater, and his claws are are ripping through the sleeves. <laughs> that sounds like pretty sweet. I thought you were going to say initially your favorite one was a, a Jose Bautista one. I, I seem to recall you had one of those a couple years ago. No? Oh, yeah. I had a Merry Flippin' Christmas with him doing the bat flip on it. That was a pretty good one. Oh, man. I also had a Harambe one in there <laughs> to really date to really date this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had some really good ones that I found at Valley Village. That was the original thing to do was go to Valley Village and find them. And then it reached a point where you couldn't find them anymore because um, stores were literally going and buying them from Goodwill and Valley Village and then reselling them. Wow. Uh, speaking of that Batista thing, by the way, were you at that game uh, when he had the bat flip? No, I was not. I remember exactly where I was, but I was not. At, I was not at the stadium for that. Uh, yeah, I was with uh, three other coworkers at work. Well, obviously that's what they're coworkers at work, and uh, we were watching the tiniest little SD TV possible. I don't. I don't even know why, because we were just huddled around this TV, and we obviously went ballistic. I actually have a friend who went to that game, that insanely amazing seventh inning. He's not a huge baseball guy, but he was there. And obviously that seventh inning took like an hour. It was a, it was amazing with mm-hmm. Russell Martin and all the nonsense. And then, uh, you know, the Rangers could have came back in that game. Actually, there was a chance they could have came back in the eighth inning. The Jays held on to, to win the series. But he actually left after the seventh inning. He left after the insane seventh inning. I can't believe that. I, I never let him uh, live that one down because he's like, ah, the game's pro- uh, it's probably over at this point. I mean, to be fair, he probably witnessed one of the best innings of baseball ever. <laughs> And just, I remember there was right after that happened. I think it was, it was either Sam Miller or Ben Lindbergh. It was one of the guys that used to do um, effectively wild, the pod, baseball podcast. Um, they wrote a satirical oral history of that seventh inning uh, right, a, right after that year's playoffs. And it was one of the funniest pieces of baseball writing I've ever read. And, but it, I think if you ask a lot of people about one of the, the best innings of baseball ever they would probably put that up there yeah yeah it's just a it's crazy to think that like like i said like they, they had chances texas in the eighth and ninth inning how the hell in that seventh inning did the rangers have three consecutive errors it's just it, it I, I, obviously there wouldn't be a betting line on that but if there were to be a betting line on that that'd be insanely astronomical to think that would that would have happened as a jays fan that really felt like ball don't lie type of karma for the ball hitting uh Chew's bat when Russell Martin threw it back to the mound. Oh man, those Jays fans, they were, uh, you know, it, that was the rule. Like, uh, that is the yeah, rule, yeah. you know, but it's just all oh, the only, man. the only thing, the only problem I, I have with it to this day is that, and he, he was wrong to do this, but the third base umpire called time. If you rewatch the video, he puts his arms up to call time, which he shouldn't have done. The rule is that ball is live. They should have been able to score that run. But he did call time. So, you know, I mean, they don't have the same rules as, you know, a, a hockey where it's intent to blow and sugar like that. But uh, <laughs> definitely a, uh, yeah, intent to blow. It's, it's just it, that's just a, one of those minor details in just an absolute insane one hour inning. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I would just love to, would love to go back on, on that. Actually, then a couple or I guess it was the next year, maybe. The uh, home run in the wild card game against Baltimore, uh, Edwin Encarnacion hit the uh, no, easily no doubt about a home run to win. 
I was with a couple of buddies, Scully and my buddy Gavin, and we must have watched that like a hundred times in a row. I'm amazed that my neighbors didn't call me in for like a you know noise violation or whatever. Oh yeah, and, and we were I, like, I remember it was that for that too. Oh, it was that was insane. We were we were in the that was when Amanda lived in City Place, and we were in the Fox and Fiddle in City Place, and yeah, the it was just that was wild. Oh, there's a drive to deep left field, and the ball game is over. Yeah, we were uh, spraying like beer off the, like it was champagne off the, my balcony and everything. And it was just, yeah, hopefully the Jays can get back to that because, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun baseball. They definitely have a good, exciting young core here. So they're not uh, yep. crazy far off. But like you, like you mentioned, with the Yankees and uh, the Rays obviously being the World Series last year, it's not going to be easy to uh, get through in that division. But uh, I think they could definitely do it. I'll get you out of here on this uh, really fun uh, trip that unfortunately we also won't be doing this year because. Uh, uh, of COVID, but the annual ice fishing trip, uh, we'll, we'll take the name out so we don't have to implicate this guy too much, but, uh, what's your, this has to be your favorite story of when we went there with the, uh, ice fishing and brownies. Oh yeah. It's gotta be, it's gotta be, that's, I mean, if you're just going to ask my favorite story from ice fishing, that's gotta be my favorite story from ice fishing. You didn't even have to get specific, Yeah, but, uh, eating, never having edibles before and then eating three brownies after t- being told to only have one and then putting a fish hook through your hand and having to go to the hospital to get it removed. I, that's pretty up there. Yeah. It was, it's funny. Cause I, uh, I was with him and uh, I've obviously I've never had edibles. So I was like, I don't know what, uh, you know, I think you guys went to the, onto like the lake or whatever to like fish for like yeah. half an hour or something. Yeah. And he's like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm not really uh, noticing anything. Nothing's happening. I'm like, oh, I wouldn't know the difference. So I, I was like, Oh, I don't know. And then all, <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, we're all just fishing, uh, and it's like uh, it's all quiet. And all of a sudden, oh, he had, and the guy put a hook in his thumb. Uh, oh my god! And uh, and thank goodness he didn't uh, decide to rip that out because obviously that would have been horrible. But so yeah, yeah. I guess it, it kicked into him uh, on his way to the hospital. The the edible. Yeah, yeah, that's a real rookie mistake is to talk split about the edible. As soon as as soon as you call it out and say that it's not working, that's when it starts working. Or you be a, or you do it something really stupid, which is what he did, is, and think that it's not working and take more. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's a uh, what a legendary tale that uh, he'll uh, you know speaking of never living stuff down. No chance he will do for that uh, as well. Uh, well, thank you, Mark. This has been uh, a blast. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we really miss you. Hopefully. Uh, Hopefully things are looking better in the summer and you can come down to parents' house for a hangout or something, but we'll see. Thanks a lot, and we will talk to you soon, my friend. All right, take it easy, bud. That was a blast talking to Mark about ice hockey. (sighs) Ice hockey. The Blue Jays and the Bills. Very smart of him to not go full-fledged Bills Mafia and smash his head on a table like some people. The World Junior Hockey Tournament runs Christmas Day to January 5th, and hopefully the NHL will follow suit shortly thereafter. You can follow him on social media on Twitter at Mark with a K-U-S-S-H. Next episode will be episode 50. And you guys know how I feel about milestones by now. That they're incredibly dumb and useless. Episode 57 will be more impressive than episode 50. Yet we'll make a big deal about 50 and not 57. Doesn't make any sense to me. Having said that, editor extraordinaire Grant Namesy Roberts will be on episode 50 with me. And he has a surprise in store out here for the scintillating milestone episode. Thank you so much for listening to episode 49 of the H-Dog Pod. Bang. This has been the H-Dog Pod with host Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Bang. Mm, bang. Mm, bang. Mm, bang.